you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. Father, thank you. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives and abides within us, the one who reveals truth to us. Holy Spirit, we recognize your responsibility uh, to the Word, to reveal, enlighten to us, show us something today that will change us forever. We submit ourselves to you. We submit ourselves to your Word this morning, and we, we... we are sitting up on the edge of our chairs. Even if we're there at home, we're, we're anxiously awaiting your words. We're hungry for your words. And we receive them now with gladness. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I pulled up my chair here for a few minutes, and I'm going to sit down with you right there in, in, in your place, in your house. And I know that some of the living rooms are a little bit... They need some cleaning, but that's all right. Listen, you can clean after this. Don't, don't worry about cleaning up just because I'm sitting there with you. Um, but we're just going to have a great time here for the next few minutes talking about God's grace, his unmerited favor, grace we've defined as God's riches at Christ's expense, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. But it's so much broader. It's, it's, it's a a more broad term than just that. It is God's strength and his ability in us to enable us, to equip us to do what God wants us to do. All the time, 24-7, 365. So that's why we need to be uh, partakers of his grace, his divine nature. The Bible says that we're partakers. We, we collaborate and cooperate with the very nature of God, and God's nature is grace. He gives us grace to do what he wants us to do. And so we need his grace. And the Bible says last week, we looked at this scripture last week, that we, in Hebrews, come to his throne of grace so that we can take his grace and receive it. But then there's sometimes we get sideways. <laughs> sometimes... Uh, that we frustrate, we're going to look at that word today, frustrate the grace of God. You know, what you obtain, you must maintain. That goes, uh, a great example is your car. You've got this car, and it doesn't matter whether it's your first car or maybe it's your 10th car that you've had. The, the principles are the same. What you obtain, you have to maintain. You have a car, it needs maintenance regularly. And so you must maintain it in order to have the power to go down the road. Because if you don't maintain it, one day it's going to break down. Sometimes even if you do maintain it, it breaks down, right? But I remember my father having a truck one time. He had a little red truck and he drove this truck. And, and uh, he, it, it was such a good truck uh, that he forgot to put oil in it. Now, that's kind of strange because my grandfather was a service manager at an auto dealership for 40 years. And so my father knew to change the oil, but he forgot. He did not maintain what he obtained, and the truck broke down. It blew the heads 
out of the engine, and he had to put a new engine in it. And so sometimes we can get sideways with the grace of God. You know, God gives it to us, we receive it, we start walking in that power, but then somehow that power uh, begins to not work in our lives like it did before. And it's because we fail to maintain what he has given us. It is possible to frustrate God's grace, just like it's possible to walk out from under his protection. He protects us and puts a shield uh, around about us, but he always gives us the decision to walk out from under that protection, right? And so we have to maintain the grace of God. We have to maintain what we obtain. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 21 says this. In the King James Version, it says, I do not, and I, the, the I here is Paul. Paul is talking, and I believe the Apostle Paul knew a lot about the grace of God. And so when he starts talking about grace, I'm listening. He says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So he's tying a thought here, but I want us to look deeper at the thought that he's saying. The the phrase, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Paul understood about the grace of God. And so he's telling us, don't frustrate the grace. I have learned how not to frustrate the grace. Some versions translate the frustration as to disregard or to go against. Sometimes we go against (laughs) the grace of God. Sometimes we nullify or make it of no effect. And that's what Paul meant. Sometimes we frustrate the grace of God. And like last week, we were talking about worry. Now, (laughs) worry is a grace frustrator. Worry is a strength zapper. Worry will wear you out. (laughs) Even the, the, the doctors have made these huge reports over and over and over through the years that stress weakens your immune system. And so it is no surprise, it's no secret that this stress that we're dealing with weakens our immune system. So we have to learn how to overcome the stress. We have to learn how to give up that stress. And like last week, you know, we're we're giving God our worry, but we're receiving his grace. And you can't take hold of God's grace and enjoy his peace if you're going to continue to worry. If you continue to go over and over and over in your mind, then God can't do anything about what you're worrying about. That's why the Bible says, cast your cares upon the Lord and he will take care of you. He'll take it, but you've got to cast it. God can't put his hand on something that you refuse to let go. And so we have to let go of worry. But now, today we're looking at, at, at another grace frustrator which is complaining. Now, I know this is not probably going to make you get up and dance in the living room and shout with, the, uh, shout with victory. <laughs> but this is a message that I really believe that the Lord put on my heart for today because I've had to deal with it all week. You know, the, the pressures and the stress always lead to complaining. And complaining, um, Psalm 106 Psalm 106 is 48 verses long, and it speaks, and I'm not going to read 48 verses 
of Psalms 106. You can read it there after you watch this video. But uh, it talks about the Israelites, the children of God, and how they complained. And four times within these 48 verses, it talks about complaining. And so I'm going to point out the verses for you. But these people suffered a consequence because of their complaining. Psalms 106 verse 7 says, When our ancestors were in Egypt, and these are the the children of Israel, when our ancestors were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many kindnesses, and they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea. And so Israel rebelled at the sea. They, they, they complained to Moses. And the, the verses connected with Psalm 106, verse 7, is Exodus chapter 14, verses 11 through 12. Um, they, they said this to Moses, Exodus 14, 11. They said this. Was it because we, there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us here to, to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. So here's, here's millions of people, over a million people, close to two million people, Delivered from their bondage, but they're still complaining that they want to go back to Egypt because they had graves in Egypt. <laughs> God brought them out with a mighty hand, with miracles, and they're complaining that they're, they're, they're in the desert. Moses, why, why did you bring us out here to die? And so that was the first place that they complained there in uh, Psalm 106. Look at Psalm 106, 13 through 15. Here's the second thing that it says here in Psalm 106, but they soon forgot what he had done and did not wait for his plan to unfold. How many times do we forget what God has done in our life and we don't wait for his plan to unfold? That's a big question this morning, right? If we forget of the goodness and the mercy of God, then we begin to start complaining. It says, in the desert, they gave in to their craving. In the wilderness, they put God to the test. So he gave them what they asked for, but sent a wasting disease among them. And what they were craving was meat. They had eaten manna and eaten manna and eaten manna until they were sick of manna. Uh, They were just, don't give me any more manna. And so they complained to Moses. Moses, Moses, we've got to have something else to eat. Wow. In Numbers 11, verse 1, it says this, Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord. And when he heard them, his anger was aroused. I mean, after all, he had sustained them. He gave them a fire, uh, uh, fire by night and a, cloud, a pillar of cloud by day and fed them and gave them everything they needed and delivered them from their enemies, brought them out of bondage. So then Numbers 11, one says, the fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some, some of the outskirts of the camp. So they were complaining about not having meat. Wow. You know, God is sustaining you, but you're going to complain about what you're eating. Hmm. Complaining will stop the grace of God and will lead to Uh, your demise, really. The third thing that they uh, said here in Psalm 106 
Verse 24, it says, Then they despised the pleasant land or the promised land. They did not believe his promise. So we have to believe God's promise. We can't despise where God is leading us, even though God said that there were going to be giants. God said that there were going to be challenges. They despised this pleasant land. They didn't believe in his promise. And look at this. They grumbled in their tents and did not obey the Lord. Grumbling leads to disobedience. Complaining leads to discouragement, right? And more discouragement until it produces disobedience. So God swore to them with an uplifted hand that he would make them fall in the wilderness, make their descendants fall among the nations and scatter them throughout the lands, all because of their murmuring, complaining, and grumbling. And they thought that God wasn't listening. But God has ears even in your own tent. And so we need to remember that. Listen, it's not time to complain. It's time to pray. It's it's time to obey. It's time to use our faith and believe God, but it's not time to complain. Here's Numbers 14, verses 1 and 2. I know I have a lot of scriptures here, but these scriptures you need to go back over and restudy and restudy. Numbers 14, 1 and 2. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. Oh, God! Oh, God! All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if we had only died in Egypt or in this wilderness. They wanted to die. They were at that place. There's people today that are like, I can't take it anymore. I just can't take it anymore. Listen, keep listening to the message because we're going to turn this thing around. Complaining comes to all of us. Listen, stress and pressure come to all of us. It's how we deal with it. It's how we deal with it that, that counts. We can turn this thing around. Listen, here's, here's number four. Psalm 106, verses 32 and 33. By the waters of Meribah, they angered the Lord and trouble came to Moses because of them. For they rebelled against the Spirit of God and rash words came from Moses' lips. So Moses, he was... He was patient for a while but then at the very end he just like was so angry that it caused him to do something uh that was not right and he disobeyed god numbers 20 verses 2 and 3 is connected with psalm 106 32 and 33 it says now there was no water for the community and the people gathered in opposition to moses and aaron i want to stop right there and say hey God doesn't want us to be in opposition to leadership. Even if we don't agree. Even if we don't agree. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. So they, they, were, they had enough. Moses was angry. God told him what to do, and Moses didn't do exactly what God told them to do. He struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock. And Moses could see the promised land, but he never enjoyed the promised land because he disobeyed at the end of his life. So all of this complaining killed a whole generation of Israelites and kept them from the promised land because there was always something wrong with them, always something wrong. God would do something and it just wasn't good enough. The manna wasn't good enough which tells us that people don't like change. Change is never easy. 
Change is never easy. But listen, when God is bringing you out, there will always be things that you face that you will not like. Always things, always challenges that you're not going to like. They're going to make you uncomfortable. Don't complain. Pray. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 10 and 11. And do not grumble. Here's the connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Paul saying this to the Corinthian church because Paul knew how to rejoice. Paul knew how to be thankful. Paul is saying this to the Corinthian church. And do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the accumulation of the ages has come. And so the examples in the Old Testament, the things that happened to God's people, were written down as an example. The Israelites failed to enter in the promised land. That generation of the, of the children of Israel failed to enter the promised land because of their complaining, their grumbling, their constant complaining to the Lord and to their leaders. So the second point in the message today is listen to yourself. Listen to yourself. And you may be, you may be saying, you know, but what I'm saying is true. It's true. It's all true. And, and I don't like this. And I don't like that. And after all, I have an opinion. I have an opinion. And my boss did this. And I don't agree. And the governor did this. And I don't agree. And the president did this. And I don't agree. Let's bring it a little bit closer. And the pastor did this or didn't do this. And I don't agree. Or bring it even a little bit closer. My spouse did this or this or didn't do this and this. And I don't agree. But what's coming out of our mouth? You have a right. You have a right to say what you want to say. You have a right, but you should remember that you're going to eat the fruit of what you say. <laughs> Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk, the New Living Translation says, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And so when people say you're going to eat your words, make sure that that's, that's true. You're going to eat your words. Make sure they're sweet. Make sure they're sweet. Check up on what's coming out of our mouth. Check up because there's consequences to what we say. There's consequences. And we need, even though we don't like to hear that, we need to hear that so that we can have an attitude adjustment. So that we can make sure (laughs) that we're doing Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians 4.29 says this. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up, building up. Determine today that your words are going to build people up. You're going to build the situation up. It says this, as it fits the occasion. Don't say something that is out of, of time with what's being talked about. Build up with your words and use your words as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So if we're going to give grace to 
someone that's hearing our words, guess what our words have to be seasoned with? With grace. They have to be filled with grace. How can you tell if you're, if you're frustrating the grace of God? Listen to yourself. Are you tearing people down? Are you tearing others down with your words? Are you building others up? Are you causing problems? Or are you finding solutions? What are your words filled with? All of us deal with this. To control your tongue, you must fill your heart. Fill your heart with good things until it overflows. In order to control your tongue, fill your heart with good things until it just begins to overflow. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And this is an area that we all have to deal with. We all have to deal with it all the time. If we want to enjoy the abundant grace of God day after day after day after day. And God has, has, has given us his grace and he wants us to continue to walk in his grace. To maintain what we obtain. And so here's the last point for today's message. We need to get good at pivoting. We need to get good at pivoting. Pivoting means changing your focus or changing your direction. I know it's a big word that was used in business a couple years ago. And if you're in business, you may seem, well, that's just an overused word. But I like the word pivot. We need to pivot. We need to pivot. We need to identify when our words are going negative and pivot and, and really focus on the grace of God. Listen to this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, the New Living Translation. It says, do everything without complaining. Do everything without complaining and arguing and arguing so that no one can criticize you. You know, you're going to be criticized if all you do is complain and all you do is argue. In fact, I'll go so far as to say you're going to lose a lot of friends if all you do is complain and argue. Negative Nelly. I mean, I don't know where that... That connection came from, but Nellie, you're, you're not negative. The Nellie that I know is not negative, but those, maybe it's Nancy, I don't know. I don't know. Whoever thought of these connections with, with people's names, you know, that's just, we don't, we don't need to be negative. Don't be negative. Negative Nick, you know, whoever. Quit being negative because you're going to lose a lot of friends. Here's what it says, Philippians chapter 2. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world filled with crooked and perverse people. While God has called us to live a life filled with light and positivity, you know, the, the word is not just a positive thinking book, but the Spirit of God is extremely positive. And so if you're connected with the Spirit of God... You're going to flow in positivity. You're going to believe God. You're going to do what he says. You're going to speak those things that are positive, that build people up, that minister grace to everybody that hears. And then it says in verse 16, hold firmly to the word of life. Hold firmly to it. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run, run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. So Paul was... He was intentionally filling people with, with the positive word of God. And he wanted a, a return on his investment. He wanted them to continue in the words of life. 
and not to complain and not grumble and not argue. And by not grumbling, we stand out in a world filled with complainers. You know, there are people that are complaining about the government, but they didn't complain about the check that the government sent them. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. If you're, if you're really down on the government, send the check back, you know. I mean, hey. <laughs> we shouldn't complain. We should pray. As Christians, we have, we have the right to pray. We have the responsibility to pray. It's leading us up to this National Day of Prayer. Don't complain. Listen, there are enough complainers. We need to make a difference. Jesus is counting on us to be the light. Then the, this verse over here in Philippians chapter 2, that whole chapter is talking about the humility of Christ. And, and, and Christ was 100% obedient to the Heavenly Father without complaint. He didn't complain as he was carrying the cross down the road, beaten and bloody. He didn't complain. He had his eyes focused on you and I. The joy that was set before him. He wasn't complaining. He was doing it humbly without complaint. And then what, what we do, what we do when we don't complain, we, we begin to think of others. So we put others above our own self and we're not selfish or self-centered, self-centered or self-focused. One last scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. This is how we pivot from complaining. We've got to pivot somewhere and that somewhere is thankfulness. That, that place that we pivot to is gratefulness. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. In all circumstances, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ for you. Not just when things, things are looking good. Not just when things are looking up. Not just when you feel great. Give thanks in all circumstances. Thankfulness is the antidote to complaining. And we need antidotes. We need the antidote to complaining. When we're praying for God to heal our land, let's be the antidote. Let's be thankful. Let's be grateful. This week, Pastor Sheila and I just had this time of being grateful and being thankful about how God has blessed us. And when you look at the blessing of God, you almost think that you're his favorite child. I mean, wow. God did all this for me. Now, we know that we're, we're not his favorite. We know that he loves each of us equally and deeply, unlimitedly. He loves you. He's blessed you. It's time to be grateful. It's time to be thankful. If you need Jesus today, he's there. He's right there where you are with this gift of salvation. This gift of salvation will change your life forever. It will take you from being a complainer to being thankful. Being grateful. This is the number one way to change your life right now. I'm speaking to you if you need Jesus, if you need to make that decision and declaration right there where you are. Just go, go ahead and close your eyes. If, if you're in your heart declaring, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, then it's time right now to speak it out. 
And so I'm going to lead you in a confession. It's been called many years uh, the sinner's prayer. No, it is, it's, we all sin, but listen, this is a decision that you're making. If you need to make this decision, it's the best decision you'll ever make. And you can do it right now. And God's power and his presence and his spirit will come right into your life and change you beginning today. So say this with me, Heavenly Father, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I need His salvation. And so today, I decide to take it. I decide to follow you. And I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. Forgive me of my sin. I do believe I'm a believer. And I'm your child. Because your word says that if I believe in my heart... And confess with my mouth, I am saved. Thank you, Father. I'm your child. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you just re-dedicated or recommitted your life to Christ, we want to hear from you. There's a link on the screen right now that you can get in touch with us and let us know. There are people making decisions all over the earth right now, today, for Jesus. The harvest is on, the biggest harvest that we've ever seen in our lifetime. People are coming to Christ every day, every day. Thousands of people are being born again. Let us know that you did that. Let us know. We want to help you. We want to send something to you to help you grow in your walk with the Lord. We're so glad that you joined with us today. We're so glad that God is continuing to give us grace for this season. And so we've got to walk in agreement with that grace. We've got to learn how to not frustrate the grace and pivot to thankfulness and pivot pivot to gratefulness. When this goes off, sit down and just write out how many things you're thankful for. Just make a list of all the blessings of God in your life. You have breath in your lungs. He provides healing and salvation for you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Listen, we love you and God loves you. We're so glad that you're a part of the body of Christ. Let us know that you're with us. Have an awesome week and we'll see you again all this week. You can come back to Facebook Live. We're here every day at noon. We've got stuff feeding your faith all week long. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today, you can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. And remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.